from the host that brought you to Coding Westworld. And Westworld the Recapables. Comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 and the Prestige TV Podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV Podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And a lot of players have changed teams this offseason. <laughs> I feel like it's like, it's almost July, and I'm right at that point where I start checking teams, and I'm like, I forgot that this guy plays for that yeah. team. For example, yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster is on the Chiefs. Did you right now listening to this know that? I bet many of you did not. And it's like... Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders, Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins, AJ Brown goes to the Eagles, and we kind of just forget to talk about all the other players that are actually almost more exciting to talk about. So we're going to do that today. More interesting. I don't know about exciting, but more interesting. That's a good tweak. Because <laughs> really, it's like Devontae Adams leaves the Packers. You can't, he's not going to get better in real life or fantasy. Just like, mm -hmm. can he be as good is the question, which isn't very interesting, honestly, to talk about. Will Devontae Adams be, like, slightly worse than, like, the best receiver in the NFL? Yeah, usually when you're already yeah. on a team and you're you're doing so well that you get a $25 million contract, usually the next situation's not better than the first one. You know what I mean? A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Are any of their new situations better than the first one? I would argue no. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna go through a lot of these players who kind of switch teams this offseason and it's just underrated. Those guys that you see them show up to training camp and you're like, I forgot that guy was there. And we're going to just <laughs> say which ones we like. So let's just lead it off. DK. This is a guy that I've talked about a lot over the last few years. Uh, I'm not going to say he's necessarily like uh, unknown or under the radar necessarily, but Marquise Brown is oh, now boy. an Arizona Cardinal. It was kind of fly. <laughs> yeah. I never left. This was the first left. argument. This is the first time DK ever just like sunned me. And he was wrong, but it was fine. Oh, thanks. Thanks for uh, that little addition there, Heifetz. Um, Let's just I, mean, I think there's shades of gray about my wrongness. He hasn't been a terrible, terrible player. He just never really lived up to the hype that I was giving him. Except last year, you kind of hopped off the train and then he kind of yeah. outperformed. Right as we hopped on. <laughs> God, yeah, I know. Just it's ships in the night we are. Uh, regardless of all that history, I'm still I'm actually pretty excited about him this year with the Cardinals. Um, he's going to a team that, and, and part of the reason he's now a Arizona Cardinal is because he asked for a trade from the Ravens, and in large part because they have been historically a pretty run heavy team. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to do with Lamar Jackson. It's more just like the philosophy of their offense and what they want to be. Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator. I just think Marquise Brown saw that situation and was like, I'm not going to be able to like put up the types of elite numbers that I want to in that offense. Um, yeah, they're the run heaviest team of like the last 10 years, basically. Yeah, I mean, like last year, so I was looking at their their neutral situation pass rate over the last few years. Last year, they actually weren't all that low relative to the Cardinals. 51% last year versus the Cardinals, 55%. But if you go back to the last the two years prior to that, the Ravens were one of the highest run uh, like frequency teams in the NFL. They, they passed on 42% of situation neutral uh situations 41 percent in 2019 i'm sorry what's a situation neutral situation sorry situation neutral 
When there is no situation. No, it's basically I forget eliminate. the math. What are you talking like, about? Like games tied second quarter, something like that. Correct. Okay. Ish. It's I eliminate fourth downs, or sorry, third and fourth downs. I eliminate fourth quarter, and the play and the the game is within eight points. So it's not like one team is trying to come back furiously from a big deficit. It's not like a third down where the amount of yards you have left is dictating whether you're going to throw or pass. It's basically, this is a neutral situation. So when the play is unaffected by game script because Correct. you're losing or it's third down. So basically you're Correct. saying in a vacuum, what is the it's thing like, you It's like do your true colors. You know, when you're not influenced by anything, what do you do? <laughs> exactly. What do you this watch is when the you're philosophy. alone? This is what the team <laughs> wants to be. Uh, and so in 2020 and 2019, the Ravens were one of the run heaviest teams in those situations. Last year is different because uh, I think there was more situations and Lamar Jackson wasn't playing. They were passing a little bit more. Uh, when T Tyler Huntley came in. Um, so that was like just a different scenario. But um, again, going back to 2020, 2019, which I think is, everyone assumes this is what the Ravens are going to go back to this year, right? Because they traded Marquise Brown. Um, they're just going to want to turn back into the super run-heavy team, I think. And so if you look back at 2020, the Ravens had 406 pack pass attempts, which was dead last. 2019, 440 pass attempts, dead last. The Cardinals are going to pass more. There's going to be much more volume. Uh, for, then what was the, weird is the Marquise Cardinals Brown actually had. had fewer pass attempts. The Cardinals had fewer pass attempts than the Ravens did last year. Yeah, but I agree yeah. that it's going to completely diverge. I think that's an outlier. I think that's not going to be like the norm for the Ravens. Um, and I think the Cardinals, you know, are are just a better situation for him. And we're burying the lead here because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games of the year. So yeah. Arizona trades for him, and then they have basically it's like Christian Kirk left for the Jaguars. So I mean, we're talking about um, Marquise Brown. Rondell Moore, who is I, 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 something better than a gadget player, but not a full-fledged receiver yet. And then A.J. Ground, AJ Green, who mm -hmm. is old. Can I be honest? I can't remember. Every time I've tried to remember this during the offseason, I have a mental block against it. I can never remember if A.J. Green is still on the Cardinals or not. I think he is. <laughs> like, He's there. I've, I think I've looked it up seriously like four or five times this offseason because I can't remember. Not to mention, I don't know if you guys care about this, but Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray were college teammates. Yeah. Built-in chemistry, which we love. If you like that, if, if that's your thing, if that's your fantasy kink, you know, you got the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chases, there's a couple of those in the league. If that's what you're into, then this is going to be a great, a great relationship. I think the fit is perfect. Oh, I want to add one more thing before we move on. It, it, I saw this from Graham Barfield at Fantasy Points. Basically, and I'll cut through all the stats, but essentially... Brown, Marquise Brown has been a very highly targeted deep ball receiver throughout the years. However, he hasn't caught very many of those passes. He's been like one of the lowest um, like percentage uh, receivers in terms of deep ball, uh, just efficiency and all that Let's over be the honest, last few the years. The guy's got butterfingers. Well, that's part of it, but no, also just like the it's deep. the other way around. The Lamar's deep passing deep has passer. been sort of very erratic. For Lamar Jackson. Come on. Maybe it's both, but it's definitely not just Lamar's fault. Marquise has some butterfingers, but Kyler, Kyler's deep ball is, he can't throw it as far as Josh Allen, but Kyler's deep ball is as good as anybody else's deep ball. Like eye test and numbers, and Lamar's on the bottom 10 in the league at that. Right, well, here, here, here's the five. stats for you. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying the guy drops a lot of passes. It, I'm not saying you're incorrect. However, per SIS, this is from Graham Barfield. I don't know who SIS great. is. What does that mean? SIS is uh, Sports yeah, Info Solutions. What does that mean? They do stat tracking. Nerds. Ah, oh, yes. The famous SIS. 37% <laughs> of Brown's targets over the last two years have been catchable. <laughs> yeah, and 50% and, and and of those, he dropped. Well, I'm just saying, there's still like a lot of them are uncatchable. We're Most all saying the same thing here. It's going to be a lot better on the Cardinals with Kyler. The yeah. Ravens are a ground raid and the Cardinals do an air raid. It's a fake air raid, but still, ground raid to air raid is good, especially when Hopkins is suspended. And I think we're all just afraid that Marquise Brown is not elite, but he was the first receiver taken in his draft and he's probably going to be really good. DK, like, give me your, like, what is your expected ceiling here? Like, what do you think is possible for Marquise on Arizona? I think he can, honestly, like, I think his ceiling is a low-end wide receiver one. Like, I think he could be top 12. Um, so what are you thinking? Like, like 80 catches, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, something like that. Um, that sounds good. I would actually have to look, I, I would have <laughs> sure. to look at, like, what happened in the top 12 last year in terms of, like, what, what would be the expected, like, actual numbers. But, yeah, I mean, that sounds right. He's, Christian Kirk is gone. 
Christian Kirk had been primary deep threat for the for the Cardinals more or less last year um, coming out of the slot. I think that Marquise Brown is really fast, really dynamic. And again, that that built in chemistry with Kyler Murray is going to be big. And Kyler Murray, by the way, as as Heifetz said earlier, has been one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the NFL over the last few years. Sixty six percent of his deep throws last year per SIS were catchable. So um, it's just a better fit <laughs> We're for still him. doing SIS. People know. People know about SIS. It's not like this unheard no, of no. thing. Uh, yeah. uh, no, no. SIS sounds like SIS, like in Call of Duty games. I wish we had the live polling. Remember, we used to do the polling on Spotify. We were like beta yeah. testing that. I wish we, we could ask the question live. <laughs> do you know what SIS is, yes or no? I just think acronyms are so presumptuous. It's like, I do know yeah. what Sports Info Solutions is. It's just, you know, it's okay. If you I say PFF, have you heard of that? Yes. Am I, do I need to say everything Yeah, but we work fully? in football. NFL. I know that one. <laughs> That one, yeah. That's the only one you can do. <laughs> okay. Although, ironically, that's the one people like to say out loud. People are like, in the National Football League. And it's like, that one you can abbreviate. You know how the, the Wall Street Journal has like little, or maybe it's the New York Times, I can't remember. They have like little periods after each NFL in, in their, yes. that's like their style guide is super annoying. Is it the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal? I don't know. This is, this is really good, good stuff right here. I'm sure. The NYT or the WSJ? <laughs> All right, Craig. Can you uh, let's, let's let's pivot here pivot, to pivot C. From that. Yeah. H. Horlbeck or whatever. Sure. So the next guy who changed teams, who is not you know your classic elite star, who I think is in a fantastic position, is my boy Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson mm. is now on the Rams. He was on the Bears previously. Before that, he was on the Jaguars. Not great sledding for Allen. Reading the tea leaves, reading some of the reports already. They seem to love Allen Robinson. Liam Cohen is the new Rams offensive coordinator. Um, and basically, he's like, Allen Robinson is not dissimilar from Cooper Cup. They're both similarly sized guys. They can move everywhere. They're physical. What I like about Allen Robinson is he's proven it with shitty quarterbacks. He's played with Blake Bortles, Trubisky, Nick Foles, Justin Fields, Chase Daniel, yep. Andy Dalton, and Chad Henney. Those are the people who have thrown passes to Allen Robinson. And now he has obviously so Who's the far, best one? Is the best quarterback on that list Dalton? Dalton or Trubisky? Or that, I don't know, yeah. that what? <laughs> I mean, he had 14 touchdowns with Bortles that one year in like 2014. But I, I think this man is ready for an awakening. And when you think of Allen Robinson, don't you kind of think, oh, he's old? A little bit of you? Oh, I think yeah. Allen Robinson's a little old. He's two months younger than Cooper Cup. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's weird. Keep that. He's currently 28, Allen Robinson. Cooper Cup is 29. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they're both pretty similar. Other than they've suffered that one ACL tear in their careers, these guys are top 10 talents. I think both of them, I think his stock is going to rise. He's like a fourth, fifth rounder right now in drafts, Allen Robinson in fantasy drafts. I think he's going to creep into like late third, early fourth. Um, this is a team that lost Robert Woods. They lost Odell Beckham. Um, and the Rams yeah. throw the ball a ton in the red zone. And Robinson is a like 50-50 go up and get it red zone threat. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot a lot of big games out of A-Rob this year, and I'm, I'm going big on him. He, he had like classic, Great. classic body language. Uh, Bill Simmons is the body language doctor. If you watched Allen Robinson in Chicago last year, it was like Randy Moss on the Raiders. Just hated his life. The dude yeah. did not want to play football anymore. He had like COVID. <laughs> he was like banged up. I think he's going to be a reborn this year. Craig, if there is a off-season like prop bet for Allen Robinson scoring 10 plus touchdowns, we got to find that one. Oh my God, I'm in. Uh, Odell Beckham scored five touchdowns. He could not have been set up more to fail, though, in Chicago. He didn't even get any practice reps as Justin Fields in the month of August, basically. So it's like, oh, take true. his numbers from should throw them out. And he was hurt and he had COVID. That's, that's what we're doing. That's what I think that's what we have to assume that. You know, he just basically was checked out. Um, getting back to the touchdown thing real quick, Odell Beckham had five touchdowns in eight games. And I think that they're going to use Allen Robinson. Not that that like is going to directly translate to the rate that he's going to catch touchdowns, but like it just wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he's kind of like the big touchdown catch machine in this offense for them. He's big, he's tall. Um, you know, he's always been really good at the catch point, all that stuff. Uh, dude, the age thing is so funny, the, especially with Cooper Cup. I was talking to Heifetz about this. Is like a t total tangent, but I was talking to Heifetz about DK Metcalf, and Heifetz was like, "Oh, is is DK Metcalf overrated?" Blah blah blah. DK Metcalf is like 24 years old right now. Cooper Cup came into the NFL when he was 24. <laughs> so like imagine if DK Metcalf is just like starting his NFL career. Every, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is old. It's like, dude, he's a year older than Cooper Cup. We're all talking about <laughs> taking Cooper Cup first overall and he's 29. Yeah. Cooper Cup also just learned to run faster at 28 years old. Just, That's just, got, just That's learned rare. to run differently. Like the Steph Curry ankle walking thing. Yeah, right. 
Can we can we break in to a breaking news situation right now? Oh, we're, while is we're it, is it actually breaking? Yeah, while we're news? recording, uh, Adam Schefter tweets. Hold on, no, read it pull, verbatim. Let me pull. <laughs> I love that DK yeah. just on drinking. Twitter. Read the Schefter tweet verbatim. No, I get. Hey, by me. the way, I'm a psycho, and I followed Heifetz's advice, and I get, I started having notifications on my phone from Twitter, which is just a terrible way to live. But also, that. like, I I just saw this. Okay, Adam Schefter, and I quote: "Commanders Terry McLaurin is signing a three-year extension worth up to seventy-one million in new money that places him amongst the NFL's top five highest-paid wide receivers." Sources tell ESPN. Buddy Baker and Tony Bonagura of Exclusive Sports Group finalized the deal today with Washington SVP Rob Rogers. Lots of names in there. Lots of random, random. One of Schefter's more normal tweets, though. Yeah, I was going to say I actually understood it on the first. I don't go. think he actually. I don't think he wrote this. I think someone else wrote it for him. No, I, it's probably copy and pasted. Which this is, is not is, his writing. <laughs> what if Schefter's a great writer? It's just a lot of copy and pasting. No, so I mean McLaurin. This is another guy who might have the best quarterback of his career. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring him up right now is because it's kind of he, he's kind of similar to Allen Robinson in some ways. I think that's exactly right because, I mean, the, it's funny when everyone basically agrees, yeah, he's got Carson Wentz, who everyone's given up on best quarterback of his career. I think the thing with Terry McLaurin, the, Washington had to keep him because he's just beloved. He's really good. Mm-hmm. He has basically all the skills that you want in a wide receiver but he also just is like a positive vibe in the locker room. Like he's a he's kind of beloved. He's a good leader. And like, I don't know if you guys are aware, they don't have a great leadership sitch <laughs> with the whole commander thing. Uh, what? And so I I don't, yeah. So I think letting him go way, would have been profoundly stupid. Terry McLaurin, also weirdly old for a third-year player. He's already 26. He came into the NFL as a 24-year-old. So he's Cooper Cup-ish in that way. So he too. came in as a DK Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that's good for McLaurin. I think it, I think McLaurin, who has had already two two one thousand yard seasons plus a nine, he was he's, he he uh, caught nine hundred nineteen yards as a rookie. He's basically had three one thousand yard seasons to start his career. This dude is really good. He has DJ Moore vibes. Where every year he's on a yeah. shitty team with a shitty quarterback, but he still puts up numbers. So it's it's funny because like this is part of this bigger picture where the receiver market was completely reset, and then you had all these guys who were really good from the class of twenty nineteen. You had DK Metcalf. You have A.J. Brown, you have Terry McLaurin, and you have Debo Samuel. All these second, or I guess DK's third-round picks popped. And so, uh, obviously, A.J. Brown gets traded. D.K. Metcalf wants a new deal. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. just got his new deal. Debo requests a trade, and the Niners are probably going to just re-sign him and not trade him. But the irony to me is, like, all this happened when Christian Kirk signed his contract for $18 million a year. <laughs> And then every receiver in the NFL was like, well, if he's getting that, then I need a raise. And then within two weeks later, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill left. He's like the, he's like the personification of inflation, Christian Kirk, you know, (laughs) now everyone's like, Hey, we're up 9%. We can charge more. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like Devontae Adams being like seeing, seeing Christian Kirk's contract and being like, I mean, I don't need Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't need to like play with this guy. But the irony is, I think we've made so much fun of the of the Christian Kirk contract with the Jaguars. I actually think Christian Kirk is on this list. The like, Christian Kirk is actually a value in fantasy football right now. I agree. Make your pitch. I agree. I agree. But go on. Can I give you so look, pitch is simple. Is Christian Kirk worth $18 million a year? No, he's no. not. He's not worth $18 million. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question, but no. He's not. No, he's not. However, are the Jaguars paying him $18 million a year? <laughs> I think so, yeah. No, it's actually more than that over the next two years. It's more than that. And he, like, it's oh, more. Okay. And here's my, here's my hard, cutting-edge fantasy analysis. It's a shitload of money. Mm. And he's pro- they probably want him to be their number one receiver if they're going to give him really like $40 million over two years. And so... He's like going outside the top 100. We have him ranked much. We have him. We have fantasyfootball.thereener.com. We have Christian Kirk ranked around pick 80. A lot of other places got him around pick 100. I don't understand why. If someone wants to explain this to me, it's fine. But he's the number one player on the, he's the number one receiver on this team. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be good this year. Like our, our buddy, Nate Tice, who is one of the best football minds out there, picked Trevor Lawrence in a great article at The Athletic to be the number one, break, in real life, the number one breakout player of the NFL. I think Nate is exactly on the money. Ju- uh, 
the way Justin Herbert got like the treatment the last year or two of like this kid's special, we're all going to have that collective realization about Trevor Lawrence this year because it was hit. Urban Meyer was a disaster, but now they got Doug Peterson as the head coach. He's running the offense. They, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles like five years ago. And just baseline competence, we're going to, the main story with the Jaguars this year will be Trevor Lawrence is unbelievable. And then this little subplot will be, huh, kind of funny that we made fun of that contract, but Christian Kirk's just top 10 in catches and yards this year. But for fantasy, he's get, it's like Brandon Cooks. There's just one problem, Christian. You aren't any good. <laughs> the happy Gilmore quote. We we had a meeting yesterday. Craig just said that about 17 times. And I never did. I, I laughed every single time. Christian Kirk is, is leading the category. Maybe not leading it. Firmly at the top of like, we don't even know if he's good at football. And with running backs, we always talk about he, if he's getting the contract, he's going to get the carries. That usually evens out, right? The money usually equals touches. At wide receiver... Well, I don't know if that's true for running back. Yeah, we're always like, oh, they're paying this guy $12 million a year. Like, he's going to top, top, top play. End. Uh, I don't know. Even like Chase Edmonds got like a big deal with the, with the Dolphins. Like, I think that means Chase Edmonds will be on the field a lot. I'm saying, do you think Christian Kirk's inflated contract will actually equate to increased opportunity in production? Even if he's not that good. Yes. If if yeah, short answer is yes. I think if he was if he was on a different team, Craig, and we were having this exact same conversation, I'd be like, well, you know, like blah blah blah. I want to read to you the names of some of the other Jaguars receivers. Tell me what you think of these names. Uh, Lavisca Chenault, who might not even Lavisca Chenault is probably returning kicks to begin right. this year. I want Correct. you to know that. Laquan Treadwell, Zay Jones, who they also gave a lot of money to mysteriously, uh, and Marvin Jones, who's now over 30 years old. In fact, I don't know how old he's, like 31. Um, so, no, he's 32. So, like, honestly, I think it's almost just by default. He's going to be the highest targeted player on that team. I do think he's better than all those other guys, is my point. Like, I don't think he's necessarily an elite receiver, but I do think he's their best receiver right now. I'm more just poking holes. I, I do agree with this. And I think, because, I mean, let's be honest, this whole episode today, we're talking about guys we like. But um, one thing that's also nice is if you listen to other pods out there talking about kind of like trends in drafting and how to handle kind of receivers in the middle of the late rounds, if you can find a guy on a team who's the number one receiver and he's not getting drafted until like six, seven, eight, ninth round, those guys mm. usually pan out. And that is yeah. exactly what Christian Kirk is. It's just, we made too much fun of him and, and people are afraid to like say he's good now, but he's, he's going to, be good for fantasy. Well, it's so. a combination of that. Plus, people probably don't have a ton of confidence in the Jags in general. And, you know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence didn't do a whole lot last year to uh, inspire confidence. Um, unless you, like, really dig into the tape. I, and speaking of Nate, Lawrence like, Nate... was good. He, well, he had flashes, I would say, for sure. And, and like, you know, I, I Nate was sharing some clips on, on Twitter, and they're just hilarious. Like, there's just clips of Jags players. I think it was Nate. It, it, it's like Jags players, like, running routes and, like, ending up in the exact same spot. Like, the coaching yeah, is I, just terrible. The talent there wasn't very good last year. I think they've upgraded their talent quite a bit. Um, and just, it was just a mess. Like, Urban Meyer, like, legitimately didn't know what he was doing. Like, we can't, uh, you cannot overstate, like, how bad of a job he did coaching his team. Like, he didn't seem to know who the players were. Yeah, to clarify when I said Trevor Lawrence was good, I mean, he made the best of the, of, and you seriously could argue the worst coaching performance of the 21st century, and honestly, yeah. maybe longer than that. Like, Urban Meyer is probably the top five worst coach season in, in, like, the history of the NFL. And despite Trevor, more than half Trevor Lawrence's picks basically came in when they were losing, they had, you know, the, the second worst defense in the NFL. So, Basically, most of his picks came in unwinnable situations where they were down by a shitload anyway. And he also, as DK said, like Trevor Lawrence just was threading. Knee like the degree of difficulty was insane and he was fine, which is incredible if you think about it. He anyway. was also just playing YOLO ball too a lot. He was just like, yeah. fuck it. Like I need to like push the envelope, which is why he had a lot of turnovers. But it's also but like that's good. he just knew he just knew like we're not going to do anything unless I like actually like really you know, basically just go all out here and, and try to like make some throws that are basically impossible. So, um, no, I, overall though, like I, I agree with the overall like point. I think Christian Kirk is going to get peppered with targets. I think this offense is going to be a lot better. I think, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of the most improved players in the NFL. So all this stuff like adds up. So Hyvitz, where would you take Kirk in drafts? Where are you comfortable selecting him? Like right around 80. It, it it depends. I mean, realistically, you could probably wait a little bit and try to like sneak a little value out of that. Like, but I mean, I guess I more think of it as like if Chris, I want five receivers in the top 100. Like when I get to the hundredth pick, I probably want half my team to be receivers by that point. If Christian Kirk 
is your fourth, if Christian Kirk's your fifth receiver on your team, and that's really what I'm saying here. I don't know if it's so much about the pick, but at the construction of your team, if you have like, you really like your receivers, and then the fifth person you throw there is the number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence, that's incredible. I'm looking at our rankings. We're going to, we'll do an update we have here. Them but 77. I wanna, yeah, I'm going to throw out a couple would you rathers real quick. Would you rather take Christian Kirk or Juju Smith Schuster? I think I'm at Kirk. Christian Kirk or Gabriel Davis, who is the number two on the Bills? I think Kirk. Because G- Gabe Davis is like super hyped up right now. He is. I love him, but there, there's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of mouths to feed him in Buffalo. Uh, Christian Kirk or Darnell Mooney? Kirk. Christian Kirk or Chris Godwin, who is likely to miss some of the early part of the season? <sighs> Kirk. I don't want to deal with I him. think like we got him too low. I think we got to move him up is like the bottom line here. I don't think we got to move him up. I think that we're maybe we I move some other guys aggressive. <laughs> I would take Gabe Dave over Christian Kirk. I think I would too. And I would take Mooney over Christian Kirk. You take Mooney over? But him? the point is, yeah, probably. Oh, I, don't a, know. I think that they're pretty similar, though. I think they're very similar cases, but overall, I think that's the larger point: is that I think Christian Kirk's the last in this tier of like receiver, like in the last tier of receivers, where I'm like, if this is like your bench guy, you're freaking set, and that's how I feel about him. Like he's going to be on your bench to start the year, and you're going to be like, wow, I have too many receivers. I don't know who to play. Anyway, let's start Juju. I think Juju's an interesting case. Yeah, so Juju's on the Chiefs. Um, another guy, he's another guy I'm struggling to find reasons to dislike. I mean, Juju could be a huge bar- a bargain. I really think so. He's going in the fifth, sixth round-ish right now, which is, I guess, a little steep considering like his recent production. But he's a guy who's done it on the big stage before. You know, he had that one year with the Steelers where he had over 1,400 yards, over 110 catches. He was playing next to Antonio Brown, and people love to point out that he can't be the guy, but he's great at being the next guy on a team. Well, he's on a team with Travis Kelsey now, so that, mm. that could still work. You know, he has the best quarterback of his career, no shade to Ben, but Juju's also only 25 I, I mean, years old. Totally shade to Ben. Shade to Ben <laughs> well, is fine. I'm saying when Juju had that year with Ben, Ben was still good. Obviously, not Mahomes good. But well, ben Mahomes good is better than Ben. He is. Not only is that not shade to Ben, but if it was shade to Ben, we, it's okay to give Ben shade. Juju can play in the slot. It's where he's comfortable. He's not good outside. He's the number one guy. And this is he can play in the slot in Kansas City. They got Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the outside. They got Sky Moore, McCole Hardman. All these guys are like deeper threats. Like Juju can live in the middle with Kelsey and operate in that Tyree Kill role. Um, I think this is kind of the perfect position for him. He's clearly the best wide receiver on the team, but he's not the number one option because of Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill had 160 targets last year. Like, I don't think 80 to 90 catches is unreasonable for Juju. And if it's not unreasonable, where should he go in drafts? Like, if, if I'm saying that, hey, you're going to get 80 to 90 catches on the Chiefs coming from Patrick Mahomes' hand on a 25-year-old wide receiver who's done it before, like, Juju's another guy who could be your fourth, fifth wide receiver on your team. And by week three, he, you have to start him because he's he's too good. Juju's tough, man. Has there ever been another receiver with a type of career he's had? Like, he starts out so just scorching hot for multiple seasons. And beloved, beloved. It can't yeah. go understated how injured he has been in the past two years. He has mm. fought through a lot. And so if he can start the year healthy, um, I, I don't it know. It also can't go understated that the like half the teams in the league genuinely care about the TikTok stuff and are actually not interested in him the because TikTok he wants to be stuff. on social media star and the dancing. Forgetting all that, I think that this is a trap. I, like, I would love, it's just too obvious. This is way too obvious. And every year in draft, like Juju's at a level of fame that's so past his actual level of play that realistically you can rank them wherever you want. Someone's taking them ahead because you're in a league with 10, 12 people, whatever. And one of them's like, holy cow, Juju and Mahomes, And you just take them early. And it's like, Juju's not going to be on any of my teams because you know, when you're, you know, in a movie, when bad guys are like looking for the, the action star or whatever, and they're outnumbered and they're like, what am I going to do? And then the car rolls like really slowly and everyone approaches the car and it explodes. And they're like, oh, like they were just sniping at gas in the car from far away. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? That's Juju yes. with the you, Chiefs. You lost me. I'll be honest. I did. Lost me that got this. way more specific than me, but yes, I, I generally <laughs> understand. Trying to picture what movie you're talking about. I just look, man. Honestly, they did it in Westworld the other day. But it happens oh. in every movie. They blow up the car because everyone approaches. And it's like, the point is, it's too obvious. Like, don't just approach the car. Like, like mm. Juju on the Chiefs, I just feel like you're not going to get a value. It's just you're going to be buying the name value of three really sexy 
nouns. Juju, Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Wait. Is is there name value? Are, are people currently right now like, man, Juju is going to be so good on the Chiefs? I feel like people are out on Juju. I think he's a post type sleeper. I don't know. It kind of depends. I'm looking at so I'm looking at underdogs ADP right now, and that's best ball during the offseason. He is the wide receiver 27. I don't know. Is that higher or lower? Higher or lower than you were thinking? I think that's about right. 57. Read overall. the guys above him. That feels kind of high to me. Read um, the guys above him. Like right above him, like Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, Gabe, Dave, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, I think he's above. He's above guys like Chris Godwin, Darnell Mooney, Amari Cooper, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Drake London. Like these are some big names. I'd have him over all those people. Tyler Lockett, Drake London. I think what you just said, Juju is is the beginning of a teardrop. Like, like Juju Mooney. I might even put Mooney, but Juju Mooney. I mean, well, Godwin's impossible because he has the ACL, but an Amonra are, are a different group of players than the people above that. Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, like Juju's not with Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I think I agree too. But can I can I ring the bell and say who's catching passes for this team? We got Marquez Walter Scantling, <laughs> who can't catch more than three passes a game. Yeah. We have a rookie, Sky Moore, nobody knows. And what what else do we McCole Hardman? Like I mean, yeah, besides Kelsey, well, I think, yeah. They said they're going to spread it out more, and here's the problem is that, like, it's... Uh, here's the thing. Andy Reid's basically never had a bad offense. Like, <laughs> they're going to be fine. The problem is, I think that it's just Travis Kelsey... You know how the Packers, for years, have kind of had Devontae as the number one, and they've just had, like, five receivers who are all, like, a very good number four? <laughs> yeah. The Chiefs now are... Travis Kelsey's going to be Kelsey, and I think we're all going to, like, try to fight over ourselves to try to figure out who's going to be like the number two. I just think the chiefs are going to have like four guys who are really good. Number three in this offense and like Juju, just a pop, bunch of Alan it. Lazards. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a bunch of Alan Lazards, but like Juju's a little better, but I don't think it's going to be predictable because the chiefs between Mahomes and Andy Reid, like, I don't think you're going to be able to look at a given game plan and be like, Oh, you know, great week for, to start Marquez Valdez Scantling. It's going to be just as much boom bust. And then Juju, I just, I'm not sure it's going to be predictable. So I, I I'm kind of, I feel like, it's kind of you're chasing the tether ball. I think there's recency bias with Juju. I mean, he's been on terrible Steelers offense, anemic offenses. He's had foot injuries and knee injuries. And the last time that the, the Steelers were like a normal fucking offense, he was great. Well, they weren't normal. And no, when he had that season, Antonio Brown was at the end of the peak of his career. And Antonio Brown's peak was probably a top five wide receiver peak. Who in, else like, is NFL at the history. end of the peak of their career on, on Juju's new team? <laughs> but it's different. It's a different, like, like Juju, the injuries change the player. Uh, uh, I have to admit, Craig's, I know it's like sort of low hanging fruit, but Craig's like, who else is going to catch passes on this offense argument is actually pretty compelling to me. And the problem with using the Packers as an example, um, as like a comparison is like the Packers have always, or not always, but lately been a very slow run heavy team. The, the, the Chiefs are like the highest pass rate over expectation team in like the entire NFL. They just fucking pass all the time. They're going to pass way like way more times than the Packers have over the last few years. Um, so just like the pure numbers of it. That's a numbers game here. Um, he's he's kind of convincing me on this. But here's the thing. I think Craig's wrong and I think Juju's not a value and everything Craig's saying is priced in to where he is. However, Craig, if Craig is right and I'm wrong, I think Craig left out the biggest part of the argument for Juju. We were just talking about the receiver age thing. Do you guys know how old Juju is? He's 25. He's 25. That, to me, is where I start thinking about my, like, oh, yeah, I'm over Juju. That's what makes me kind of rethink of, like, holy shit, Juju's 25 years old and just joined the Chiefs. But then you get excited about it. I'm like, ah, I He's don't know. the same just, age as Velas Jones. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rookie the famous Velas Jones oh man it's like the SIS of the for the picks this year Juju has to catch you think he can catch five passes a game is that reasonable yeah yeah that's 85 catches on the year so damn it Craig Craig okay. you're sucking me that's into literally this. like Christian Kirk basically did that last year <laughs> who would you rather have well Christian Kirk I think he's gonna have 110 this year you think he's gonna have 110 catches Christian Kirk yeah I kind of do <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> 105. <laughs> I think I, I Christian really Kirk. I'd love to. I'll take the under on 110. Thank you. Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up the 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 players last year. 
There's three players that had 110 catches or more last year. Yeah, it's like Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, and Cooper Cup. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. 100. But Hunter Renfro had 100 catches last year, you guys. Exactly. Renfro had 100. DJ Moore had 93. Godwin had 98. Like, it's not crazy. Godwin had 98. I think it'd be safer to say that. 93 catches is is, is a lot more. It's 17 away from 110. But yeah. (laughs) Well, he also had 77 last year. It's like one more per game. Yeah, and Hunter Renfro's on like check down city with with Derek Carr, but okay. Anyway, I I we'll talk about Juju a lot going forward, clearly, because we don't agree. Uh I think while I didn't like him as much as I do now that Heifetz doesn't like him. Like now I'm like even more (laughs) in on Juju. You're just digging in. I don't not like Juju. I just think it's like everyone's going to look. I guess my question is, do you, uh, the fundamental disagreement is like, you think people are going to look at Juju in Kansas City and be like, no, I'm out. I'm looking at it as like, it's everyone's going to want Juju in Kansas City. Everyone's going to want him on their team. I think people are like, think he's overrated, but maybe I'm wrong. Are you just surrounded by friends who make fun of you personally in the Steelers? And maybe you're in a bubble of anti-Juju hate, but it's actually just friends making fun of Juju because they know you, it'll hurt you personally? No, it's I know people who have drafted him who have been burned by him for the last two years. And I think they're just over him and they're sick of him. And I think the TikTok thing's annoying. And I think people are just done with him. I was at a, my, my girlfriend's family's from Pittsburgh. I was at a mall in Pittsburgh around Christmas time. And I was in a, a memorabilia shop with like all the Steelers stuff. And it was like really cool. And I was seeing if I could find anything even mildly affordable to get um, someone in her family for Christmas. And the guy was like, maybe the Juju stuff. And I just offhandedly was like, well, you know, it's probably, you know, he's not going to be there after the season. So I don't want that. And the guy looks at me like crestfallen. He's like, Juju's going to leave. <laughs> And I looked at him like, oh my, I thought I told him, like, I'm not going to say because I ruined that for someone once, but a certain, you know what I'm going to say. It's like I said something wasn't real, but. Mm. Don't say it. All right. Don't trigger warning again. for parents with their children. Yeah. Pause the pod. They're in the car. They're in the Re- car. Yeah. Pause the pod. It's like when I ruined that Santa wasn't real for that <laughs> father. But I, I thought I told the kid, like, Santa wasn't real, this kid working at the mall. But. I also just was afraid of ruining Santa for more children on this podcast, which I think I've done before. I love the idea of you sitting down for Christmas morning with your girlfriend's family and you give her dad a gift and he opens it up and it's a Steelers jersey and he goes, oh, great, another Steelers jersey. Like, I don't have 45 of these. Like, I just love the cliche of like, <laughs> that would have been you're from Pittsburgh. From his, uh, here's a Steelers jersey. He's like, wow, thanks. Don't have any of these. Born and raised <laughs> no, in I actually Pittsburgh. Got a, no, I got him an NFT of a Juju TikTok dance. Oh boy. Have you ever seen one of my favorite tweets is uh somebody like just tweeted a situation of like uh some hypothetical of LeBron James sitting down on Christmas morning and his aunt hands him a basketball shaped present <laughs> and he unwraps it and he goes, Oh, thanks. And his aunt goes, I know you love those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's giving uh, his girlfriend's dad a Steelers <laughs> memorabilia. <laughs> I I, actually, I literally did that to Haley O'Shaughnessy, who uh, covers basketball. She used to work here at the Ringer, and um, I I got her a basketball. Sh- we were at the mall together. We got I got her a basketball shaped mug, and she was like, "Ah, oh, thanks." <laughs> and I was like, "You forgot this." And she was like, "Oh, did I?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't think she wanted the mug." <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. 
Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Can we talk about uh, another guy that I have? I, we mentioned Chris Godwin before coming off an ACL for the Tampa Bay. I have a guy. This is actually like a true sleeper. Russell Gage, who not mm. only is a guy you probably don't know is on the Bucks, You probably don't know who Russell Gage is. Spent first four years of his career on the Falcons. Just the classic receiver has been at the top of your waivers when you play fantasy football, but no one ever adds. You, you know, know what, what I'm he talking is? about? He's a Joey Pants. If anyone listens to the rewatchables, there's the Joey Pantoliano award for the that guy, where when you see a movie, you go, yeah. oh yeah, that guy. That's Russell That's Gage. That's exactly it. It's like when you it's like when they cut to the highlight and they're like, and Russell Gage for a 60-yard touchdown. You're like, I've heard of him. You're like, oh yeah, I, I think I know that guy. <laughs> so you know who else has heard of him is Tom Brady. Russell Gage was personally recruited to Tampa Bay by Tom Brady. Tom Brady calls him. Russell Gage is at his home taking out the garbage and gets a call from Tom Brady. He's like, hey, I love your game. Please come join what we're building with the Bucs. Never mind the fact that he had just tried to like retire from the Bucs and work for the Dolphins, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, come Details. join what we're building with the Bucs. That is what actually Brady said. And they had never spoken before. And Russell Gage was like, that's awesome. And it's funny that Brady is picking up people that we wouldn't pick up on waivers, but they actually need Russell Gage. Like Mike Evans is their number one. Gronk just retired. Even if he comes back, it'll be midseason. Chris Godwin's coming back from the ACL. They have no timeline for his return. I, I, I think Chris Godwin might miss the beginning of the season, and then no, he has to come back from ACL. Almost surely going to. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Godwin might be starting the IR, PUP, whatever. And then Antonio Brown was last seen taking his jersey off at a Jets game and then Ubering home, and is now threatening to sue the team. Like the Bucks don't have anyone to catch passes, so. The question always with Tom Brady is, does he trust this guy? He personally requested Russell Gage. And remember, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl, the three people Brady threw touchdowns to were the guys that Brady recruited the team. It was Gronk, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette, who were the guys that Brady personally reached out to join. And so on a team where Brady, yes, Tom Brady's thrown the most passes of any quarterback in the last two years, Russell Gage is like the number two receiver in this offense. And he's once again going outside the top 100. Yeah, and he was actually good last year. Like, he was legit pretty good last year. Um, this just reminds me, the whole time you were talking, I was just thinking about the meme. Uh, I know Ian Harditz has shared it a bunch. It's like just a picture of Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady, and the quote is, fuck Tyler Johnson. <laughs> it's like, because like, I just, I've wanted Tyler Johnson to become a thing for like the two years that he's been in the NFL, but like, Brady just straight up just like hates him. <laughs> he like, had to go out and recruit Russell Gage just because he doesn't want to be throwing passes to Tyler Johnson when it matters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said with Gage. I think he's very underrated. He's he's like the definition of a sleeper because, like you said, he doesn't have a lot of name value. People weren't really watching the Falcons' offense last year that much. I don't think if you're like nationally, um, you know, well, not people in. who have self respect. If you're people like a Falcons not fan, that's cool. Otherwise, Falcons it's like fans, torture, right? Um, no, Falcons fans can watch the Falcons. Other people who do it recreationally, I think, are a little strange. <laughs> I like this a lot. I, I think Gage is an awesome pick in like those late rounds. There you go. Yeah, it's I I love Gage. Who else do we? Uh, DK, you have one left. Robert Woods, I think, is a very good value right now. Um, and I feel like again, a lot of is, people forgot he's on the Titans. <laughs> this is so one I, of those things where we got to get this out of the way. Yeah, he's on the Titans. He tore his ACL at the end of the season. So, like, what is the deal? When is he coming back? I don't think it was the end of the season. I think it was, like... It's, like, week nine. Was, oh, it was midway. Yeah, he yeah, was, like, so. an earlier ACL tear than a lot of the guys that we're worried about. Like, Chris Godwin, it was very late in the season. There's a couple other guys Michael that Gallup. are going to, like, miss Gallup. Yeah, they're going to miss the uh, beginning of the season almost surely. Um, I've been studying up on some of the, the injury timelines over the offseason. Uh, Edwin Porras from Fantasy Points is a great resource for this. Um, and he has pegged like a conservative estimate around September 1st for when uh, Woods could be cleared. Now, give or take, that's like give or take two to six weeks or whatever. So obviously there's some wiggle room here, but that would put him to get cleared before the season starts. Um, and even if he doesn't, like he has a better timeline than a guy like Godwin, who's probably not going to be back till October, November. Um, same with Gallup. So like, he's the type of guy who, number one, people are kind of forgetting he's on the Titans. Number two, people are forgetting he's uh, 
playing because he got injured halfway through the season last year and no one was really talking about him. Um, but going into the season, like obviously AJ Brown's gone. Uh, Julio Jones is gone. The top pass catchers, like all the top pass catchers on the Titans are gone basically. Um, other than Nick Westbrook Akine, you know, in, in terms of the guys returning from last year, Traylon Burks already kind of like some big question marks around him. He, he hasn't been um, able to finish like any of these mini camp practices, which is like kind of setting off alarm bells in my head. Because he's getting hurt. Well, he's have he, he apparently he's like has hurt. asthma. He can't like he he's been having issues like breathing and stuff getting through these practices. Now that doesn't mean he's not going to like play this year or whatever, but it's just not a great sign. So it's I think both Woods, understandable and a little concerning. Right, correct. Um, and honestly, like the the clips we've seen, which is it's very like hit or miss here, but like we've seen clips of Robert Woods like working out at these OTAs and mini camps, and he looks pretty good. Like he's moving around well. He's still got a clunky brace on, but. Everything we've seen and like the timeline indicates like he'll be ready to go around week one. Like maybe that's week three, actually. But like, I think at the end of the day, he's still going to be playing a lot of snaps this year is kind of my point. I don't mean to laugh, but is there any more offseason thing than he's moving around well for these practices where no one's wearing pads? It's like, what player's not moving around well? Traylon Burks. (laughs) 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 Um. No, and again, it's like it's not like I'm giving up on Burks. It's not like I think Woods is going to be a superstar or whatever. But like for the value, basically you can get him for free, um, and he might be the you might end up catching more passes than anybody else on this team. What like, do you mean you can get him for free? What are you talking about? Well, you can get him late, is what I mean. Let, let's yeah. let's figure out what Almost his ADP free. is. Yeah, he's outside the top 100, like later round. Yeah. Uh, so I think on that note, I will give up on Traylon Burks for you. I, I already kind of feel <laughs> already. like you talk about recency bias and just like easy psychological traps. A.J. Brown goes to Titans. Amazing rookie year. Incredible draft pick. Traylon Burks, like A.J. Brown, going to go to the Titans. And now he's just kind of being, people are kind of ranking him and, and drafting him like Traylon Burks will just do the A.J. Brown thing. I, I, I almost am at the point where I agree with you on Woods. I also just wonder if the Titans offense is going to implode. This year, okay. relying on Traylon Burks or Robert Woods. I love Robert Woods. We Bobby Trees is easily one of our three or four favorite players, probably in the entire yeah. NFL. Right. Yeah. And like, I love Bobby Trees, but Bobby Trees, Traylon Burks not being able to stay in the field. Bobby Trees having to come back from an ACL to be the number one. And then Nick Westbrook Akina being an undrafted player, being their third most reliable option. Like, this just seems like a receiving core where all the pieces are like individually already kind of sputtering. And then defenses can just focus on Derrick Henry. And I'm like, I don't know if I want... And then also Ryan Tannehill has this sort of Damocles hanging over him that he's probably gone after this year because he probably is. And then they have Malik Willis behind him for like a long-term project. Like, I just like the Titans are going to implode. And I almost don't know if I even want any of these players other than Robert Woods because he's so I kind of agree. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But again, like, he's cheap. Like, he's 10th round. Yes, that's fine. You know. Getting sent to the Titans now is like when you buy a car and they say the second you drive it off the lot, it's like half its value is gone. <laughs> the, the second that Traylon Burks went to the Titans, I was like, eh, I'm good. Ironically, A.G. <laughs> Brown left the Titans but went to the other team that's like that, which is the Eagles. <laughs> right, right. They're just both like that. Okay, can we also do some dart throws? Yeah. Like, this isn't – players are new teams, and this isn't – other guys, I'm, I'm reasonably confident those dudes we just discussed will, like, be successful, except for Juju. I want Juju to be successful, to be clear. I Christ love Juju. And the world is he'll better be, when Juju's good. How do you define successful? You don't think he'll be successful compared to how he's played the last well, two years? no. There's real life good and there's fantasy good. Fantasy good is like, I am reasonably confident he will deliver at or even better than where we have him. And then real life good is just, is he a productive part of a Chiefs team that has 14 wins and like is playing? Yeah. Okay. Fair. I would like him to be successful. Okay. Also, oh my God, we didn't even talk about Juju doing TikToks with Jackson Mahomes. How did we fuck that up? We're we're rusty. That's going to be a disaster. I want no part of that. <laughs> this is okay. concerning. This isn't like some hypothetical. This is like 100% going to happen. I wonder if they made Juju sign in his contract. You cannot do TikToks with Patrick's brother. Like on the sidelines. Yeah. It's not do allowed. Do you think Mahomes just talked to his brother and was like, don't do this. I 100%. don't need this attention. Or do you think that Jackson and Juju will just be dancing on the field together before every game? I'm sure there will be one where they'll do something and it'll be annoying and everybody will pan it and then it'll stop. No, I think they're going to tag each other all the time. <laughs> halftime show oh each God, game? So... Yeah, Juju's just not going to go into the locker room at halftime. <laughs> He's going 
gonna stay out. Evan McPherson not going to halftime for the Super Bowl. If the Bears, if sorry, if the, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, that would have been the most amazing. We would have talked that forever. If, if McPherson had like kicked the game winning kick in a game where he didn't even go to halftime to watch like Snoop Dogg perform, I'd love to get a kicker on the show to talk to us about all the shit they don't have to do because they're a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do at practice? Get tackled. Nothing. It's a big one. I kicked it a bunch. What Wait, actually, the coach just had me on a kicking regimen. I only was able to kick it 14 times. The rest of the time, I just kind of hung out. Yeah, do you watch film? No. You watch the <laughs> halftime shows? Yeah. I think that was one of the fun of doing the draft show is like when you're doing draft season, like these college coaches, I mean, the NFL too, but like none of these coaches know anything about kicking. <laughs> yeah. They don't know anything. Like they just, they're like, yeah, it's like a foreign language. They're like, yeah, we just, yeah, sure. I just hope that they're good. Okay. Dart throws. Yeah, look, quick pitch on the dart throws. Do you guys want to go? For, anyone going to go first? I can go first. Uh, all right. One of my one of my favorite later round guys this year is Jarvis Landry. I feel like people are kind of forgetting about Jarvis Landry. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older. He's getting up in age. He's never been super dynamic, deep down the field threat. However, in this Saints offense, I think he's going to play a pretty high volume role. And honestly, like part of this is just I don't really know what the fuck is going on with Michael Thomas. Oh my God, it's unknowable. It's How is he still hurt? It's like how two years later <laughs> and he's like got this video of him jumping it like very gingerly. Like how is two years later your ankle still, you're not able to get on the field two years later after an ankle injury? Like I don't understand what what's is he going on. Is he like skiing every weekend? Like what's happening? Why is he always just hurt? Just only doing slide tackles. And When did he even originally get hurt? I just feel, I for whatever reason, I just feel like in my heart that he's just not going to play this year. Like, he's just, fuck it. I'm done. I don't want to I mean, think about, wait, yeah. So he injured, I'm trying to find the exact timeline. Did he get this ankle injury? Oh, my God. This was the high ankle sprain he had in, like, week one or two of 2020. Yeah. And then he tried to, like, there was some disagreement with the oh team about when to get surgery or how to get surgery. Yeah. And then they last had, year, he, like, came, he, he just was, like, he was going to come back. And then at, at some point last year, he's just, like, I'm not coming back. I think there was also a trade request brewing before before all this, and that was like a cloud looming because, yeah, there was disagreements on the nature of the injury. He got surgery at a time they didn't want. And like, it's insane that we're two years from the original thing, and he's just, yeah, still posting videos. Anyway, so basically, I think you're right that Jarvis yeah. will have a role, but how do you think they drafted Chris Olave? They traded up for Yeah, him. I think, think and I think Olave's going to, you know, Olave's another good late round pick, honestly. Um, he's not a changed team guy, so I'm not naming him here in this category, but like, um, both of those guys feel like good values to me because. You know, they're going to come in and pretty get pretty good volume, I think, in this offense. Like, um, you know, there's just not a lot of other guys in this offense right now. Like, there's Marcus Callaway, Deontay Hardy. Um, I don't, I'm not really confident in any of those, any of those guys. I think that Olave is likely going to come in and be sort of like a lid lifting type outside receiver, take the, take the top off a of defense type of guy. And then Jarvis Landry play everything underneath. Um, and I just think, Based on what we've been hearing in OTAs, again, this is not like a big deal, but like he's been lighting up in OTAs. Like he's been Jameis Winston's favorite target kind of deal. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just kind of just, I'm willing to bet on him late. If like, if you want like a, a flex type guy to just have in and plug into your lineup, especially in PPR and half PPR, um, I think Landry's going to be like a solid starting option. Can I give you a dart throw? Do it. Really simple pitch. It's Sony Michelle who is signed with the Dolphins, and it's so under the radar. Like they signed Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals, they signed um, Raheem Mostert from the Niners because the Dolphins head coach is the Niners' old passing game or running game coordinator, and they signed Sony Michelle. Completely under the radar. Really simple pitch. Raheem Mostert, who is like the one of the three main backs in this Dolphins backfield, is like thirty years old and has played nine games in two years. And I love Raheem Mostert, but like I, he's. I would, it seems like a stretch to insist he's going to play like it's like, without like missing a prolonged stretch. If Raheem Mostert gets hurt, this backfield is just Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle. Like if Sony Michelle is just splitting the backfield 50 50 with Chase Edmonds, but also Sony Michelle has the goal line work by week four, I don't think anyone would be surprised. But he's literally undrafted and is the third running back in that backfield. And yet I feel like Sony Michelle has like a 25% chance of just being a top 20 running back each week by week five. I I just feel like there's not much ceiling. There's just not much ceiling there. I also just, I want, this is another, there's just one problem, Danny. He's not any good. Like, I just don't <laughs> think, Sony Michelle's that good. Miles Gaskin is still there. To me, this is like- everyone, To be clear, literally last pick of your draft, he is okay. there. That's okay. what I'm saying. Literally the last pick of your draft. Like the guy that you, the first guy that you're going to cut for waiver, that spot on your bench goes to Sony Michelle. 
Because Raheem Mostert gets hurt, then he's like just a two-man committee, basically. Sonny Michelle's the typical like annoying veteran who gets more snaps than the exciting rookie that we, that we all love, or the exciting like younger guy that we all love, just because he can like pass block, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, to me, so, I, yeah. I, I see everybody on Miami having like eight to ten carries a game, and it's just annoying. They're yeah. a running team, though. That's the thing with the two of throwing stuff. This is going to be a running team in Miami. All right. Anyway, Craig, who's your dart throw? Uh, Sammy Watkins, I'm back. Oh, no. Yeah, good. <laughs> Inject good. it into my veins. <laughs> good for you. Uh, what? Okay, talk, I mean, like, Sony Michelle, who's your last pick in the draft. Right now, Sammy Watkins is going in the 14th round. Um, there were rumors he, like, wasn't going to make the roster months ago. Now, Matt LaFleur says he's going to be a big part of this offense. And when you look at the offense, not a lot going on. Alan Lazard, who's a career number two or three. Randall Cobb. Christian Watson, the rookie, and Amari Rogers. That is it. Mm. Watkins has kind of sort of produced uh, when he's like in the lead positions. You know, like when when Rashad Bateman was out last year in Baltimore, Watkins played pretty well. He plays well in these like four-week stretches when he kind of is the guy, but he's never put it together for a real season. He hasn't had a ton of good quarterbacks in his career. He played with Tyrod Taylor and EJ Manuel, the, the Lamar Jackson teams. He was on the Chiefs for a while, but again, he was behind... Kelsey and, and, and Tyreek. This is easily the best spot of his career. I still think he's a very talented wide receiver. He gets hurt a lot. Can't put it together most of the time. But for a 14th round pick to get maybe the number one option for Aaron Rodgers, I think is worth it. Literally two hours ago, I got it. There's a great newsletter by Tyler Dunn, who's a great writer, who has an excellent newsletter. I suggest people subscribe, go long. And today his newsletter was a profile like Sammy Watkins. And he has a, I'm just going to read it because I don't want to get this wrong, but he talked about how hard it was for Sammy Watkins to play in Buffalo. And Watkins unveiled just how debilitating those three Buffalo years were on both his body and mind. He admitted that he got wasted, wasted, like wasted, wasted every night. And that all those drinks drinks led to his litany of injuries. Those Dang. injuries spiraled him into depression. He barricaded himself in his basement to drink alone until four in the morning. More of a self-loathing ritual at that point. Sleep two hours, wake up, head to the facility, eat, sleep, repeat, as fans increasingly labeled him a bust. And then... Things got weird. He started breaking down etheric bodies and astral realms and entities, spirits essentially that are everywhere. They sift inside of me, you, everyone to live within our physical bodies. It's on us to recognize them. And basically, Sammy Watkins has this led him out of a very dark period of his life. Okay. He's an interesting man. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's a character. Where are you going with this? Uh, I think that the. The, the Sammy Watkins, who was in Buffalo, was one of the most talented players we've seen in like 10 or 20 years, but his life was, he wasn't in a place to succeed. And in Kansas City, he had the ego to let Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey be the, the piece for that passing game. But like Sammy Watkins caught the game winning pass in the Super Bowl. He's still really good. So I agree with you. Like Sammy Watkins, if he's in a better place and he also has. If he's in a better place personally, I think Sammy Watkins, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers at basically no cost, is a pretty incredible gamble. Daniel? <laughs> I'm still trying to uh, figure out what, what you're saying about the ethereal... Be what was it? I don't know. It's very odd. Ethereal but I, bodies I, I, and astral planes? Is that what you said? Mm. Yes. Or etheric bodies? What, what was it? As Sammy says, words cast spells is how Sammy puts it. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I'm gonna look into that. He calls them entities. We all join him. I, it's funny because I would also call Sammy Watkins an entity. Mm. Anyway. Deep. When I read a couple emails, we'll get out of here. Last week, we said that Russell Wilson has his new catchphrase because he used to say go Hawks. Let's and ride. Now he's, he's doing let's ride. And we were like, if you had a better one, we got five. Shout out Matt, Sean, George, Dan, Mark. All emails us the same one. It's perfect. Giddy up. Yeah, that's good. Giddy up. He should have done giddy up, and he should lean full cowboy. He should like go full western with his attire. I want the cowboy hat on. I want him wearing bolo chaps. ties. Yeah, chaps. <laughs> He's wearing chaps. He rides spurs. horses to the game. <laughs> he buys a Bronco. Who is the Bucks linebacker rode a horse? It was it Devin White? Who has the horse on the Bucks defense that won the Super Bowl, but then rode his horse around with the trophy the next day? I don't know. I think that. it was Devin White. Hmm. Yeah, Rush, Rush. He probably already has a horse. Okay. Uh, we got an email from Jerry. Jerry. I know Craig's rusty. No, Jerry. Jerry. Sorry. Hey, guys. Love the show. Glad you're back. Here's the deal. I'm the commissioner of my league, and no one ever reads the messages I send. 
in there. I think that's so funny. (laughs) First off, I'm not the kind of commissioner that sends out useless information. I only post things when something important is changing. Roster and scoring changes mostly. I'll post the message on the board for the league, and I'll send everyone a text asking them to check out the changes for the season. I mostly do this because I look for feedback before the season, so I don't have to deal with any complaints Mm. once the season begins. Here's the problem, all caps. No one ever reads the messages. (laughs) I never... I think this is so funny. Read the emails, please. I inevitably get complaints anyway. What I'm considering is I want to change the league in a way that will benefit those who read the emails and hoses the people who don't read the emails. But I need some input from you guys about what to change. This is like, this used to happen. I don't remember if it was college or high school, but this would happen when like the teacher would tell you to check the message boards for notes on the assignment and nobody would ever check it. But if you actually went there, it would say like, homework's due next week, not this week. Yes, I know. Yes, like, or that test where people would give in like in the middle of this long paragraph of explanation. It's like, also you don't have to write this handed in. Exactly. Uh, so I I respect what he's doing. I don't know how he's going to implement this. My my note to Jerry, FaceTime each person and tell them the rule to their face. <laughs> that seems That's like a lot work of work. for him. He's commissioner. He's already doing all this work. Yeah. Commissioner signed up to do work. That's his job to get everybody. <laughs> you can't read a fucking email. What does this take? <laughs> you brain dead? Emails. I miss emails. Text them privately one-on-one. FaceTime them. Group FaceTime even. Set up a Zoom. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, look, this we're not above any of this. I got too big for my britches last year. I showed up to the Rigor Fantasy Football Draft, and they're like, it's a two-quarterback league. Or no, we added a, we added positions, and I was like, it was two quarterback. Oh, I had no idea. I, I knew that, and I was like, oh, should have checked. Jared, that you were Slack making fun channel, of the people taking quarterbacks. And st- guess who won the league? Me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I was riding with Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, and I won, baby. Uh. Uh, yeah, my my suggestion was going to be like make some weird newfangled rules where like you can start six kickers and all the kickers score like 30 points a game. And so like whoever is paying attention will just take like. Kickers. But I feel like if you're a commissioner, that will get you like executed. I don't think you can do this because everyone's just going to hate you and the season's going to be a mess if there's some rule that only half the league abided by. No, I kind of like I kind of want him to be able to. I, I just think it's like as per my last email. Honestly, you should probably just text everyone, and then when they complain, just tell them to fuck off and stop posting it as a note on, like, the league page. Yeah, just, like, get all the receipts, and, like, when everybody complains about how you never send anything, post those receipts. Be like, I texted your phone, your external brain. I I just don't know what the end game is here, because then the season will start, and everyone's going to be mad, because, like, 30, 66% of the league or whoever doesn't read the emails is going to be, like, screwed and at a disadvantage, and everyone's going to be mad. Craig, sometimes people just, some men just want to see the world burn, Craig. (laughs) Jerry is fucking sick of it. But if you're debating dissolving the league, maybe you just do this anyway. Like maybe he's fed up and he's like, I've got to quit. I'd rather do this on my app. Like this is like. Yeah. If you want to just fucking kamikaze the league. Yeah. (laughs) No, the real answer. (laughs) Yeah. You are kamikaze the league. I think, (laughs) I think the answer is two quarterback, super flex or. Like something subtle, like six points for passing touchdowns, or like oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think it is actually better if it's subtle because then like people aren't going to figure this out during the draft. It'll be like after the draft, so they're like, "What the fuck? What? Wait, what?" Superflex is like actually real, and you could adjust on the fly if you actually wanted like to actually create chaos on purpose. Making like passing yards also worth one point for every ten yard, which no one would notice if you changed it. But then Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 yards and he gets 40 points plus the touchdowns. That would be funny. You could do people. You could switch from PPR to standard, something like that. Mess people up. <laughs> Should we do 10 points per reception? <laughs> yeah. Negative 18 for every interception. Something like that. Yeah. Just get get creative with it. I still vote for just like just just set up a set up a group FaceTime or something. All right, Jerry. Good luck. Let us know what you do. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, Jerry's league mates, read read your emails. Come on, guys. Actually, I guess <laughs> they're not going to do it. Emailed yeah. us and we haven't responded to you. I'm sorry for that. Jerry, I have an idea. Tell all your friends to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Call them out. Get those stats up, Craig. Love those listeners. Just get new friends. Love those stars. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Lord. Uh, thank you, The Far Side. Who's that? Nice. It's a rap hip hop group. For a second, From I thought you said Farnsworth because you know Kyle Farnsworth, that old reliever for the Yankees. He's like a bodybuilder mm-hmm. now. 
I did see that. You see that? That was harrowing. Fucking huge. So large. What a large person. Yeah. Kind of freaks me out. You think he's like, okay? No. (laughs) What drives you to do that? After you like, I don't know. You're already rich and famous. Why are you doing this now? He's too ripped. I don't know if I could figure out how to do that, even if I wanted to. Like if someone was like, if Jeff Bezos was like, I'll give you $10 billion to look like that. I don't know if I could figure out how to do it. Oh, like you, you can't like ask for help or like get Lift weights. Yeah, no, no, I'm like no Google, <laughs> no trade. I, I don't think I can figure it out on my own. You know what my friends, I, me and my friend have this joke. If, if somebody gave you all of the tools to make like an alarm clock, like all of the tools <laughs> were just in front of you, all of the like pieces were separated. Could you make it in, but you couldn't look anything up. You couldn't look up how to do it in your lifetime. Could you put together the alarm clock? In your lifetime, yeah, but like in a lifetime, probably. <laughs> like, would it take you thirty years? Wait, you're talking about pieces or like raw you're talking about materials? Like soldering the wires and shit like that. Like, or you're talking about making plastic? No, no, you don't have to make the plastic. But like, basically, we oh. talk about like basic things. Like, at first, we started with a car. Like, if somebody gave you all the pieces of a car, but you couldn't look up how to put together a car, you had everything <laughs> the you car need. Is hard. Could no. you do it? No way. Could not put a car. Together. No way. No in, way. in your whole lifetime? No. A car is like I would hard. give up after like a couple hours. I think. <laughs> could yeah. you do like what about like a treadmill? Yes, I think I could do. Oh treadmill. my god, yes. I could put together. <laughs> a tra- so there is a. Well, it. Oh my god, I'm okay, not trying to a, figure out internal combustion. <laughs> that seems really iffy. I don't know so how to do that there's a good podcast. You know the podcast how stuff works, and Josh Clark does it. He has another pod. I think it's called The End of the World, and he talks about like what if humans don't like. It's it's really interesting thing of like what if humanity makes it like another like million years? And it's like what if we don't have a nuclear war? Like wh- what will happen? And he's like basically like it's a really it's really interesting. But one of the things he goes into is like it's pretty hard for us to go extinct extinct. He's like even if we have a nuclear war, it won't take as long to do what we just did. Like to Craig's exact question. Even if it's, we had to rebuild, rebuild humanity from scratch, just knowing that you could build an alarm clock with wires with rubber around it makes it so much easier for to figure it out from scratch. Like just knowing that you can right. make steel right. that it exists. Yeah, I understand. That makes sense. That was not um, so. You know, I didn't. I didn't know if I wanted to say that part, and then I feel like I didn't get the reception <laughs> I was thinking. And in retrospect, I would have mentioned the whole uh, death of the human species thing. Mm. Seemed like a real left turn. Things aren't going great right now, so we'll see where it goes. <laughs> I'm glad that people come here for a nice distraction and, um, you know, get some uplifting content for those who stay to the end. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone.